Hey everybody, this is author Glenn P. Klinger III, and I want to welcome you to my audio podcast titled Murders, Mysteries, and Conspiracies. I've been a writer since 1993, and I currently write the Rolling Justice Mystery Series and the NTSB Mystery Series. I've also written for television. I've written various screenplays and pilots that have been optioned and pitched to various networks. Being a mystery writer requires me to look at events differently. Uh, When I write a book, I have to make sure everything ties together and is believable. And I think that's what allows me to look at these uh, murders and mysteries and various things and, and take them apart and look at them from a different angle than a lot of people would. So, you know, I'm not a historian. I'm not a detective. I don't claim to be. I'm just going to look at these events, and together we are going to try to solve a mystery. Okay, this first podcast is, is what I feel is one of the most important murder mysteries in U.S. history, and that is the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. On November 22, 1963, this will be the first of two short audio podcasts, and I am actually going to start doing video podcasts and I will do four video podcasts about this actual event. In this segment, uh, we're going to look at the Warren Commission report findings and how did the Warren Commission operate and what did they find out. And then the next two segments will be about two viable alternative theories. One would be an organized crime angle, and the last one would be a CIA organized crime angle. So let's get started. Okay, Donald Sutherland said it best in the movie JFK when he said, you have to ask yourself three questions. Why did Kennedy have to die? Who benefited from his death? And who had the ability to cover it up? Let's look at the first question. Why did Kennedy have to die? Sadly enough, there was a lot of people that wanted to see him dead. The Bay of Pigs invasion to Cuba, which he did in conjunction with the CIA, was a complete disaster. The president was upset by it, and he wanted to break the CIA up into a thousand pieces. Organized crime was upset because they lost casinos. When the casinos in Cuba closed after the Bay of Pigs invasion, they were losing millions of dollars. And Santos Traficante, the head of organized crime in Miami, was furious. The military-industrial complex wasn't happy because Kennedy was pulling the military advisors out of Vietnam. Kennedy was very well-versed in this area of the world. He knew that becoming involved in the region would result in a protracted war with no real path to victory. Because of that, he decided to start pulling out the advisors, and the first plane load of advisors left Southeast Asia the day before his death. But after his death, the decision on the Vietnam conflict was reversed and our involvement escalated. Some people felt that Kennedy was soft on communism, and many did not like his handling of the Cuban Missile Crisis. In fact, he was doing an excellent job, and in my opinion, he kept us out of World War III. Believe it or not, some people didn't like that, and they wanted him out one way or another. Finally, there was a faction that wanted Johnson's policies more than Kennedy's. They didn't care for Kennedy. They felt like they could deal with Johnson much easier, 
he had been a career senator and he had been in there many, many decades and he knew how to play the game. So that brings up one giant question was, was this a coup d'etat? The second point would be who would benefit from Kennedy's death? Well, the first beneficiary would be the CIA because they would be able to remain intact and continue to do things the way they were doing them in the past. The military-industrial complex would win because the war in Southeast Asia could escalate, and it did. The United States ended up losing 50,000 troops, not to mention the wounded and people that were um, displaced because of that war. It was a big mess over there, and Kennedy was, what he had predicted was absolutely correct. It divided the country deeply, and people were protesting the war, burning draft cards and flags, and the civil unrest was at a tipping point in this country. The mob was not happy because they had helped get Kennedy elected. When Bobby Kennedy became attorney general, he went after organized crime in a big way and really rattled some cages. They weren't happy with it. He actually deported Carlos Marcello, the head of the New Orleans Mafia at one point. He took him out of the country and dropped him off in the jungles of Guatemala. Those are people you really don't want to make mad. They wanted revenge for losing the money on the casinos in Cuba, and someone was going to pay. Finally, Johnson got to be president, and his policies were ones that they felt were more compliant. Johnson was an old-school politician, and his flexible way of thinking benefited some people. Okay, finally, who had the ability to cover up the Kennedy assassination? Well, the CIA had the means to cover it up, but they would need some help from a specific group. And that group would be the American media. From the minute the Warren Commission released its Warren Commission report, the media accepted it as gospel and pushed the lone gunman theory. Even when the House Select Committee on Assassinations came out with different angles in 1979, it, was, it went virtually unreported. It is probably the reason that 60 to 80% of Americans feel that there was a conspiracy. So let's look at the facts in the case as they were presented to Americans. November 22nd, 1963 in Dallas, Texas. If you were alive at that time, you probably remember exactly where you were when you heard the news that President John F. Kennedy had been assassinated. Within hours, they apprehended a former Marine, Lee Harvey Oswald, and they accused him of firing three shots from the school book depository, hitting the president twice and hitting Governor Conley once. He was also charged with the shooting death of J.D. Tippett, a Dallas police officer, and he never confessed to either of those. In fact, he said he was a patsy. Then two days later, while he was being transported, he was killed by Dallas businessman Jack Ruby. Oswald was dead, Ruby was put in jail, and it was all wrapped up. But was it? First, I want to take a minute to thank my sponsor, Florida Pickleball Clothing Company, for all your pickleball needs, FloridaPickleballClothingCompany.com. Okay, let's look at, um, let's continue looking at this along the findings of the Warren Commission. Okay, the Warren Commission was formed by President Lyndon Johnson after the assassination just to have an investigation of some type into the event. It was chaired by Chief Justice Earl Warren, hence the name the Warren Commission. 
Some of the people you might recognize that were selected to serve on it were Alan Dulles, former head of the CIA, along with future President Gerald Ford. They studied the event for 10 months to produce a report that they issued in 1964. The Warren Commission findings said that Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman in the assassination of the president. Lee Harvey Oswald is an interesting character that we will look into a little deeper as we go along. He took the job at the school book depository about two weeks prior to the shooting. According to the report, he fired three shots in 5.6 seconds from a Mannlicher Kirkano rifle, it's a World War II surplus rifle, from the sixth floor of the school book depository. According to the Warren Commission, he fired those shots and hit the president twice, Governor Conley once, left the school book depository, and in the process of escape, he shot J.D. Tippett before hiding in the theater where he was apprehended and brought in. As I said earlier, he never confessed to any of these accusations and was eventually killed by Jack Ruby. Let's look at some little-known facts as I was able to ascertain them by doing just a little bit of research. The first is that Lee Harvey Oswald was a CIA operative. He had a handler named Guy Bannister and had contact with David Atlee Phillips, who was the head of the Miami branch of the CIA. It's an interesting fact that the motorcade route was changed to run right by the school book depository, which is bizarre. And some of the things you might keep in mind is that the motorcade was running 15 minutes late. And at the original time that it should have passed by the school book depository, Oswald was spotted by a co-worker on the first floor. You should think, you think he would have been waiting upstairs. And any investigation witnesses are gold. And one such witness was Carol, Carolyn Arnold, a worker at the school book depository. And she saw Oswald on the second floor lunchroom at 1225. That was the same place where the police found him right after the shooting but she was never called before the Warren Commission. Ruby Henderson heard four shots and saw two men on the sixth floor window of the school book depository. Carolyn Walters saw two men on the sixth floor in the school book depository. John Powell was a prisoner at the jail adjacent to the school book depository, and he witnessed, witnessed two men sighting in a rifle, high-powered rifle, and neither one fit the description of Oswald. But none of these witnesses were ever called before the Warren Commission. If Oswald was the shooter, it's hard to believe that he would shoot the president, run clear across the warehouse, down four flights of stairs with a landing between each, so it's really eight flights of stairs, then calmly walk in, put money in a soda machine, withdraw his soda, and sit down and drink it. It just doesn't make sense. Some of the stuff that just screams set up to me is that Oswald supposedly left his wallet at the scene where J.D. Tippett, Officer J.D. Tippett was shot. Captain William Westbrook found it, and Oswald, found it with Oswald's ID and another name, identification inside, and that identification listed Oswald's name as Alex Heidel. This is an, was an active cover name for CIA operatives at that time. How about witnesses to the shooting of J.D. Tippett? Mrs. Clemens witnessed the shooting and said that the shooter was short and heavy. Didn't look anything like Oswald. She mentioned this to the police and was visited two days later by a man telling her to keep quiet or she would get hurt. Of course, she was not called before the Warren Commission. The Warren Commission did a really good job of trying to make Oswald look like a lone nut and Ruby look like a lone nut sympathizer with the Kennedys and not acquainted to each other. But there are multiple witnesses that had, had seen 
Oswald and Ruby together at the Carousel Club. One thing we need to keep in mind is a lot of people don't realize that the House Select Committee on Assassinations met between 1976 and 1979, and they used acoustical evidence to determine that four shots were actually fired in Dealey Plaza that day. One key fact that's always baffled people is that Oswald had to fire three shots in 5.6 seconds. Using the acoustical evidence from the from the House Select Committee on Assassinations, the first shots actually happened 1.6 seconds apart, and that would have been impossible for him to do with that weapon. Also, one of the three shots matches up as being fired from behind the picket fence on the grassy knoll. This is where so many witnesses came forward trying to tell the authorities what was going on, but were never listened to. Did Oswald even fire a gun that way? The gun Oswald owned was a Mannlicher Kirkano, and the one found at the scene was a German Mauser. Now, the Kirkano is a, is a knockoff of the German Mauser, but it is not a German Mauser. And many witnesses that found witnesses to finding the gun said that it was stamped right on the barrel of the gun, German Mauser. Guns are similar, but they're not the same. So did someone else do it? It's amazing to me that there's a lot of holes in the Warren Commission report, and I think there's a couple of good viable alternatives, theories, as to what happened that day. We're going to look at those two theories in the next episode of Murders, Mysteries, and Conspiracies.